With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, welcome inside this week's episode of A Call Away. Adam Giardino with you, radio broadcaster for the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders, Yankees AAA affiliate here in Moosick, Pennsylvania. We're just over a week into the season, and the Rail Riders are off to a really strong start. In this week's episode, we're going to get conversations with Tyro Estrada, 23-year-old middle infielder, one of the top position player prospects that the Yankees have to offer in the top level of their minor leagues. And we're also going to have an interview with Mike Ford, just sent up to the New York Yankees for the first time in his career. As we record this, we're waiting with bated breath to see him make his major league debut. And you don't want to miss that conversation we had with Mike where we talk about his hot start to the season and we talk about his offseason. A bit unorthodox for the 6'2", 225-pound first baseman in the ways that he got himself physically ready for the season. Also along the way, we will bring in Adam Marco, the other radio broadcaster for the Rail Riders, and we'll talk some Mike Ford. We'll talk Gio Gonzalez and what he's looked like over his first three starts of the season. And we'll even dabble into some Vladimir Guerrero Jr. If you missed it, Vladdy hit a viral home run in his first game back to AAA this season. It happened right here at PNC Field, and it was an absolute moonshot. And then we'll wrap up with a look around the minor league system. We've got Matt Dean from the Charleston River Dogs, their broadcaster. We've got John Moses, the broadcaster for the Trenton Thunder. And we've got Adam Marco submitting his report, a trio of reports coming your way. That's to wrap things up so that you know what's coming down the pike for the Yankees minor leaguers. First on this week's episode, we figure we wouldn't wait any longer. The story for the Yankees this week is Mike Ford getting added to the roster. And so we had our very own Joe Vasile sit down with Ford to talk to him about what's been going so well with his hot start to the season. Just try to keep my head clear, you know, get a good pitch to hit. Uh, pretty comfortable this year. It's a little different than uh, getting sent back from Seattle last year. So just trying to play my game, be true to myself, get a good pitch to hit and hit it. How much different is it last year versus this year? being with the Yankees again for the full spring training and not having to go back and forth. this How is that for, for you to start the year off kind of without having to worry about all that? Uh, definitely. I mean, last year was tough. You know, I don't know if I'm going to live in Seattle or the other side of the country. And it was tough, you know, getting sent back. Uh, I felt like I had to prove myself uh, even more than I, than I had to. And uh, that was kind of a tough mental adjustment to get through. But uh, second half of the year was good again uh, after my injury. And... Uh, you know, just trying to get back to that second half and keep it going. You think about three home run game a couple of games ago. Obviously, you had the four home run game a few years back. Just what is it like to be at the plate one of those days where you're just kind of in a groove and it seems like everything you're hitting, you're making solid contact on? Ah, it's just one of those days. I don't really know how to describe it. Uh, you know, it's obviously a great feeling. You're, you're seeing the ball well. Uh, it's interesting that in both of those games, the first one were a little cheap, but uh, you know that that sometimes starts, uh, you know, a good feeling for the rest of the day, and uh, you know just carry that feeling through each at bat. I had two in the middle that didn't feel so good, and then 
kind of got back to my plan in the last at bat and hit the third one. So, you know, just I, I say it a lot, but just staying within myself and recognizing the pitches I want to hit and putting a good swing on them. We're here with Mike Ford, Rail Riders first baseman. How was your off season? I understand you got into some yoga during the off season. Yeah, so in uh, in, se- in the right before 2017, mm-hmm. changed up the way I worked out a bunch. Uh, you know, I mixed in yoga with lifting and and stuff. And then 18, I did a little less yoga. Um, so I didn't and I didn't feel as as loose. Um, you know, all around. So this year I went back to it, really focused on yoga conditioning. Uh, I would go to a yoga class in the morning, a cycle class at night. And I really didn't lift until about two months before spring. Um, you know, I don't need to get much bigger at this point, uh, I don't think. Uh, you can always obviously improve, but I think the biggest thing for me was the flexibility and the conditioning aspect, and that's just what I tried to crush. How did the idea to start doing that come about? Just the feeling I had in 17, um, you know, and the, that was my my big year. Um, I said, you know, don't don't get away from what worked, kind of go back to it. And, uh, you know, they had some goals for me to hit coming into spring training and stuff like that. And it basically had to do with, with those two things. So I, I listened to them and they listened to me and what I wanted. And, you know, it was a good, good communication. Have you tried to talk to anyone else in the Yankees organization about hey man you got to try this out this is so great or yeah a lot of guys do it now a lot of guys mix in yoga and everything and uh, I think you're starting to see a movement where you know maybe one small thing changes for someone that helps them overcome some other things so it's really personalized you got to find what works for you but definitely has helped me here with Rail Riders first baseman Mike Ford. Home opener tonight for the Rail Riders after a week on the road to start the season. How nice is it to be back in Scranton to, to kind of kick off the first homestand? Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to be home. That's where we're comfortable. Uh, starting on the road was nice for me, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was a good week. But, uh, you know, just to be in front of the fans, a lot of us are comfortable. We've been here, so it's it's going to be a nice, nice day. So that was Mike Ford with Joe Basile. Now, we're going to throw some numbers at you, but they're worth throwing your way. And and numbers in an audio medium is not always the best fit, but here we go. Mike Ford, in his last game with the Rail Riders before getting sent up to the Yankees, he went 0 for 5 against Lehigh Valley. So if we take it back a day and we check in with what he had done over his first nine games of the season, this is where he ranked in the International League entering Monday. Third in average at 471, tied for second in homers with five. First in runs batted in, he had 14 of those. Third in on-base percentage. First in slugging. First in OPS. Tied for second in hits. Tied for first with nine extra base hits. And 35 total bases, which ranked second in the league. Needless to say, Greg Bird getting injured opened the door for Ford to get to the big leagues. But Mike Ford deserves the opportunity And those of us that have seen him come up through the minors are excited and thrilled, ecstatic for him to get the opportunity to play in the uniform of the team that he rooted for growing up as a child in Bellmead, New Jersey, before heading off to college and playing at Princeton. So Mike Ford is certainly one of the big stories this week for the Rail Riders. And to talk a little bit about Mike Ford, we bring in the voice of the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders, Adam Marco. Last week, we talked about the roster shuffle. We talked about some Gio Gonzalez. We're going to get to more Gio Gonzalez this week as well. But the big story for Yankee fans, by and large, 
not only Greg Bird going to the disabled list, but from our vantage point, more excitedly, Mike Ford going up to the big leagues and making his eventual big league debut. As we record this, Ford has yet to make the big league debut. He was on the bench for that 8 nothing win by the Yankees last night over the Red Sox, uh, but it, it couldn't have been a better start of the season for Mike Ford guy that went to Seattle in the Rule 5 draft last year. Very tough to stick on a major league roster as a first baseman, especially with the depth that Seattle had at first base. It was an opportunity, but didn't work out. So he comes back. He spends the bulk of the season with Scranton Wilkes-Barre. Save a little rehab assignment middle of the year. And Ford was a better player in the second half of last season than he was in the first half. He had a very good offseason routine that kept him in shape, got him in better shape, and absolutely destroyed International League pitching over the first 10, 11 games of this 2019 campaign. It was fun to watch Mike. An unusual alignment in the batting order for Ford. Jay Bell putting him in the second spot of the order. It gave him plenty of opportunities, and yes, a three-homer game accounted for a lot of all of his, his statistics this year. But that being said, so very deserving with this opportunity. It looks like Bird's going to be out a couple of weeks, maybe a month, hopefully is the best-case scenario. The best-case scenario for the Yankees and their fans might be Mike Ford continuing in the majors what he was doing in AAA. And just with all of the injuries that uh, the Yankees have gone through, when you add Bird to that mix, yesterday you look at the lineup and guys that have missed time Okay, so your catcher is Gary Sanchez. Your first baseman is Greg Bird. Troy Tulowitzki at second. D.D. Gregorius at shortstop. Miguel Duhar is your third baseman. Your outfield is Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Hicks, Jacoby Ellsbury. Luis Severino is your starter. He goes eight innings, and Dylan Betances closes it out. That team would is a playoff team. By itself, probably. Yeah, I, I think you have to see what Jacoby Ellsbury has left. Sure. But... In their heyday, at their peak, in perfect condition, yes, I think you've got a little bit of everything in that lineup. Some of those guys that you mentioned will get healthy a little bit sooner than others. There are a lot of question marks that still surround some of those names, and some are a longer term. You know that you're going to be without Severino at least until July. You didn't mention Ben Heller. You didn't mention a Jordan Montgomery, guys that could come back and factor maybe late this season like Seve post all-star break personally I'm hoping we get like all of those guys on a rehab assignment at one time (laughs) it's not going to happen the timelines don't play out that way I want to see at least a few of them but that would be a fun lineup for us to call in AAA because it's such a component of multiple years of AAA players that are now big league studs or stars in some capacity or a few guys that just need to get up there and stay healthy for a full year. Uh, we're a long way from that, but it it makes for an interesting conversation piece, both in talk radio, on podcasts, among the fans. That team needs to get healthy. Like, last year was our first year here with the Rail Riders, and it felt like we were snake bit because the Yankees couldn't stay healthy at the beginning of the season. It was only three or four guys. And now we have built nearly an entire roster of injured New York Yankees. they got to get healthy in a big way. Fortunately, it's still April, and they'll find their way to 500. They'll 
become the playoff team that everybody thinks they'll be. It's just, come on, give me something here. Let's let's stay healthy. Wrap everybody in bubble wrap until the next game. But it's just so interesting because uh, obviously when you talk about those outfielders with Stanton and Hicks and maybe less so Jacob Bielsbury in 2019, but when Stanton and Hicks get healthy, add them to the mix with Brett Gardner, Aaron Judge, okay, what does that do for Clint Frazier as a fifth outfielder on a big league roster? He's playing incredibly well. Uh, there are just so many parts to this. You know, when when D.D. Gregorius, Troy Tulowitzki comes back, Giovanni Urshela, he doesn't have any options left. So does he get option back? The 40-man the roster is going to be a big interesting question mark, and obviously Urshela comes back down, but we've also seen the Yankees if they have a guy come off the 60-man DL, as well as Urshel is playing up in the big leagues with a 300 batting average, they might have to expose him to get somebody off the 60-day DL onto the 40-man roster. And so there, there are going to be some interesting moves beyond the 25-man roster that the Yankees are going to have to make in the next month or so. It'll be a good scenario for the Yankees because it means your stars are getting healthy I would love to see Gio Rochella back here in a Rail Riders uniform. I think the likely scenario is a guy that has options like Tyler Wade, who's already been optioned this year, would come back and you preserve that spot for Urshela. Gio can play the infield. He can play third, short, second. Watching him play, it wouldn't shock me to see him get a little time at first and do very well. You know, Wade has that versatility as well, plus the outfield, but just in a sheer contractual option related move it wouldn't shock me to see something like that happen you know i would love for the rail riders to have the opportunity to get a few of these guys back they're making do with what they have jay bell is putting together a lineup that looks different seemingly on a daily basis guys like ghost k kato playing first base this past week which now looks even more fortuitous because ryan mcbroom will be the everyday guy if you want to spell ryan you get Ghost K at first base, and Ryan is the dh -er a day off. So the versatility the Yankees have and how that plays out at the big league level, it's going to affect what the Rail Riders are doing for Jay Bell, and we've already seen Cliff Pennington play three spots in the infield. Ghost K can play all four spots, it seems, and that versatility is going to help him fill out a lineup because there is no doubt in my mind by the end of April we will have seen like our 17th different combination may only be 16 games, I'm not even sure. But we will have seen yet another combination from Jay bell And, uh, of course, as we were outlining the outfield, I didn't even mention Michael Talkman, who's going to be part of that mix and that big question mark once guys start to get healthy. We talked to Gio Urshela. Let's transition to another, Gio Gonzalez. And he was someone we talked about last week. In the interim, Gonzalez is getting closer. He's getting closer to that. April 20th cutoff where he has the out the opt-out clause uh, and what are we really seeing three starts in from Geo? we're seeing late spring training form early April form from a guy who's a two-time all-star remember he didn't sign until March 20th so he had a delayed start and even if you're throwing if you're doing some sort of program in a side camp with your agency this is a different scenario his last two starts are what you would anticipate an 11-year Major League veteran would do to AAA hitters. You give up a run or two here or there, but you're going to strike out. I think a guy like that should come down and get on a day where he's hot, where he's ready, 8, 12 strikeouts, and we've seen Gio with 8 and 10 
in his last two starts. We'll get him one more time, weather permitting, on Friday in Buffalo. We'll see where Saturday takes us and what happens the next turn through the rotation. But from my vantage point, watching him pitch, he is ready. He's ready for somebody to take that chance. If it's the Yankees, it's all about opportunity. And what role does he fill on that roster? I'm not sure Friday there's anything else that can be proven by Gio Gonzalez that he hasn't done so in his last two starts. And by the way, we've not played many teams. He'll get Buffalo for a second time in a row and a third time out of four starts. And the other was the 10 strikeout performance against Lehigh Valley, which is a good team with a lot of major league veterans. Buffalo has a lot of prospects and a couple of major league veterans. I think Gio has shown at least us that he's big league ready once again. That next start coming against Buffalo, the question mark, as there are rumors, and there will be rumors until he gets to the big leagues, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., will he even be in that Buffalo lineup Friday night facing off against Gio Gonzalez? He had a couple of hits in the start that Gio made the last time out against the Bisons. And before we dive into all the questions surrounding Vladdy Jr., ran across this tweet from Kelsey Hennigan of MILB.com. At the time of their Major League debut... Vladdy, at the time of his Major League debut, Vladimir Guerrero Sr. was batting 340 with 45 homers, 184 runs batted in, 95 walks. At this very moment, Vladdy Jr. has the exact same number of minor league at-bats as his father knocking on the doorstep of the big leagues. So how do the numbers compare? His batting average is 11 points less. He has three fewer homers but he has 22 more runs batted in and 54 more walks. So the numbers are just darn near identical through the same number of at-bats, and I think once you start hitting over 330, it doesn't matter whether you hit 332 or 343, you're just going to be a good one. And I think that's what the Blue Jays know they have in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think they were bought a little bit of time and less grief by the injury during spring training. He could rehab, work his way back, and they could use that as a justification, not anything contractually related that gets him the extra year of arbitration. We're past that point now. It'll be curious to see, A, if we play in Buffalo at all this weekend. The weather conditions do not look conducive. And I've heard mixed reports. There's a possibility that he could be in the majors by Saturday, could be early next week. There's a I believe a powwow of some media folks at 2 o'clock in Buffalo on Friday, whether or not he's there, whether or not we're there, I don't know, I guess it's still all debatable. <laughs> he's deserving. You know, a lot is made of his home run on Thursday night, opening night at PNC Field last week. It was a blast, yeah, absolute mammoth blast. Was it the longest home run hit in that game? No. But that's only because some ad billboards probably stopped it from traveling a little bit further. He is a pure talent. I think I agree with all of the questions that everybody has. Will that body type hold? Will he be able to work on conditioning? And that's the thing. He's still young. And as we're aware, you get older, you have to keep yourself in better shape. He needs to start, I believe, sooner rather than later. But with the bat, with the glove, everything we saw last year in August... And this year, there, there's nothing that gives you any doubt he was ready at the beginning of last season. And it's just taking a little bit longer. And 
the Blue Jays have some roster decisions. They have such a talented top level of their organization and guys that they're even bringing back down from the major league level. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. coming back down. So it's it's an immensely talented organization that has risen up from the prospect ranks because of probably five names. Adam Marco, voice of the Rail Riders, thank you for joining us again this week on the pod. We will talk to you again next week. Sounds good. Coming up next, we've got a conversation from earlier in the week with Tyro Estrada, 23-year-old Venezuelan who is going to be answering questions through an interpreter. So you'll hear the answers in the second person from Julio Borbon, the Rail Riders defensive coach. And the very first question we asked Tyro, he's been swinging a good bat lately, and really what has been going so well for you in the box? He's uh, actually just saying he feels really good and excited, you know, that the things that he's been able to put in uh, the work in the cage is, is starting to show on, on the field, and, and it's something he thanks God, and it's, it's, it's a process that he's taking a day, day by day. 440 feet the other day was the estimated distance on one of those home runs to left field. Have you ever hit a ball quite like that before? He said yes. He's uh, he's actually hit a few balls hard, but it's actually the first time he's been he's been made known and aware of, of that that far of a distance where the ball's gone uh, when he's hit it in the past. One of the questions I've been asking a lot of the hitters is, can you feel that Major League Baseball, the new ball that's being used off the bat, are you, are you noticing that? He, he says he, it's something that he, uh, he, he didn't really notice at first. It's something that uh, he, when you're barrel ball, you really don't really get to feel anything much. So it's something that he just knows that the, the, the more consistent you find yourself hitting baseballs, uh, the, the better the results over the course of, of that term we'll, we'll get. Last year, we've talked a lot on the radio broadcast about the injury and where you were limited to only a handful of games. When you were playing last year, obviously still injured, what was it feeling like on the field for you to try and play through that, that injury with the bullet still inside of you? He, he says it's something that he... Uh, he, it was tough. He took it pretty hard once he found out about that. And obviously once he got the green light that he was able to still figure out a way to, to get out there on the field and, and, and play, uh, it wasn't as, as bad. So he was able to kind of to kind of make, make the most out of what, we, what he was given last year with. Yeah. Were there certain movements or parts of the game where you felt that, that sharp pain or was it more just general discomfort overall that you were experiencing. He didn't, he didn't think part of the, the other injuries that he had related were had anything to do with what he had going on with that bullet specifically. It was just something that it's the way it played out and not necessarily anything that bothered him as he was uh, performing or trying to perform or when, while he was on the field that affected him with, with how he was playing. What part of your game this year that feels better than last year because of the lack of injuries are you most excited about? Uh, getting the bullet out was obviously a huge step, something that he was very shocked at first, but very excited that he knew that he wasn't going to have something uh, strange in his body uh, and that he's more excited about, you know, the year starting off healthy, being able to get a bachelor in spring training in big league camp and, and just being able to be on the field, period. Staying healthy is something yeah. he's looking forward to doing and thanking God that he's been able to do it so far and it's something he's looking forward to and excited about. Where did you spend your off season, and who did you spend it with, whether it was your wife, whether it was other players that you were working out with? 
Uh, he went to Fall League was part of part of what he spent the time doing, and uh, he went to the complex at, uh, in Tampa with the, at the Yankees complex. He was able to spend a good amount of time there training and getting his body ready to to play, and it's something that. Aside from that, spending having spent time with his wife and and his, his newborn uh, baby, it's something that I think was able to put him in a good place, and it's something that that has him in the right mindset going forward this year. What's been the best part of uh, of spending time with her? Just having a baby period, in terms of not just a baby period, but having his daughter in his hands and actually seeing her come to this world and and having her in 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 his arms was something that. Uh, was life-changing and, and exciting because he really didn't even know how to handle it, given that it was obviously his first time. When and where was she born? Nació el 5 de enero en el downtown de, de Tampa. Uh, uh, January 5th uh, in downtown Tampa. What do you think this this clubhouse has been like? You guys are 7-4, and four, you're playing well. The lineup's a lot of runs. I mean, it's a, the offense looks different than this same team last year. He was very exciting. It's something that he's worked his whole life to do, and, and given that he, you know, when he found that, he was very thrilled, and and he knows that it's it's a dream come true from all the years he's put in the work, and it, something that it could, can happen. You just have to put in the time, and and he very much uh, will remember it as something he'll never forget. It was really great catching up with Tyro Estrada this week, and an extra special thanks to Julio Borbon, the voice you heard there translating on behalf of the Rail Riders. Middle infielder, second base shortstop. He's bounced between the two positions this season. We're going to bounce between a couple of levels right now, just like we did last week and just as we will every week moving forward. We checked in with some of the other New York Yankees minor league teams, and this week we were able to get in touch with Matt Dean down in single-A Charleston, John Moses in double-A Trenton, and then Adam Marco will give us the report on triple-A Scranton Wilkesbury. All right, Matt Dean, take it away. With this look at the Charleston River Dogs, I'm Matt Dean. After a 4-3 and three road trip to start the season, the River Dogs have returned to the low country for three rousing crowds down at the Joe, including 8,000-plus for Thursday's home opener, the fifth largest crowd in club history. The Dogs open their home slate with a four-game tilt against Greensboro, who have blanked the Dogs in two of the first three in the series. The offense may have cooled since a return to warmer weather, but heating up for the River Dogs is catcher and Yankees' second-round pick from last summer, Josh Burrow. The Tomball Texas native provided the highlight of the homestand so far, touching off for his first professional home run, a go-ahead game-winning fly in the eighth inning on Friday night. Oh, it was, it, was, uh, it was awesome. It was probably my favorite home run so far. And, like, uh, I don't know, I was just super pumped. When I was rounding first base, I gave it a fist bump. So, yeah, I was pretty excited. I was just, uh, I don't know, I was really tired from catching and stuff. I was just looking for a pitch over the plate and they were just throwing me junk the whole at bat and I finally got a pitch I could handle. So yeah, I was, I was excited I got one. Bro was limited to just 27 games with a nagging hamstring injury last season and did not leave the yard despite possessing some of the best pop in the Yankees draft class from last year. He's off to a blistering start at the plate, slashing 318, 375, 545 with six runs batted in to start the season. The River Dogs play for a series split with the Pirates affiliated Grasshoppers Sunday at 5.05. With the Trenton Thunder. I'm John Moses. The Thunder stand at 5-3 and three entering play on Sunday with two members of the Yankees' 40-man roster on their roster to begin the year. Right-handers Albert Abreu and Domingo Acevedo. Acevedo had a 2018 campaign that was marked by injury despite flashing high 90s velocity throughout the year. This season, Acevedo expressed some surprise at being told he would begin the season out of the bullpen. 
but he is looking forward to taking advantage of his opportunity. I'm reliever now, and I try my best and keep working. You know, I know how to control. I control, pitch good, try pitch good, working hard, and try to be healthy. In an effort to have a healthy 2019 season, Acevedo made a few adjustments this past year. I changed my routine for the offseason a little bit, you know. And, so yeah, yes, that, that, that's too hard because I say I'm working hard, you know, I'm working hard for my prepare, I'm working hard for my body, working hard for everything. Manager Patrick Osborne noted that Acevedo remains a significant piece in the big league picture for the Yankees. He's still a priority for us. Try to get him back on a, on, a, on a clean schedule where he can consistently get out there and perform and get reps under his belt and, and show what he can do for, for an extended period of time and eventually for a full season. He's very well thought of in the organization and, and looking forward to seeing what he does out of the bullpen. So far so good for Acevedo in 2019. He's retired all 12 men he's faced through four innings. The Thunder go for a three-game sweep of the Portland Sea Dogs this afternoon at 1 o'clock at Armand Hammer Park. With the Thunder, I'm John Moses. With this look at the scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders, I'm Adam Marco. Heading into play on Sunday, the Rail Riders have won three straight. scranton Wilkesbury won its home opener nine, eight, and ten innings on Thursday night. Came back with a rain-shortened 4-1 victory, a come-from-behind win at that on Friday, and then a 10-4 victory on Saturday, taking on the Buffalo Bisons. Team the Rail Riders have already played seven times out of the first ten games this year. On Sunday, going in for the series sweep at PNC Field, the Rail Riders have longtime Major League veteran Gio Gonzalez on the mound. Gonzalez, signed on March 20th, has made two starts this season. Opening day in Buffalo, where he allowed eight hits and eight runs over four innings, but followed that on Tuesday night at Lehigh Valley, six shutout innings with 10 strikeouts. The big league veteran with the commanding presence didn't accept full credit for his effort against the Iron Pigs. Uh, just uh, Higgy and I were on the same page. I thought Higgy did a great job behind the dish, and you know I had some defense right away. You know the guys made some great plays for me, and you know, um, but again the compliment goes to our uh, our catcher. He was fantastic, and and the offense was there right away. Gonzalez against Buffalo this afternoon. Grant Wilkesbury six and four through ten games this season. With this look at the Rail Riders, I'm Adam Marco. Big thanks to all those guys submitting their reports for this week's episode of the podcast. I'm Adam Giardino, and that's going to do it for us today. We'll be with you again next week. If you want to catch any Scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders baseball, we've got plenty of it coming up over the weekend and into early next week. You can catch it all on the Rail Riders Radio Network, on the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. Again, I'm Adam Giardino, and we'll talk to you again soon.